Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest who I absolutely love and adore. Her name is Nicole Espinosa. She is the short sale queen, and she is out of this world amazing. And I mean, this girl, you're going to kind of hear a collaboration of both of us speaking today and just vibing off entrepreneurship, real estate, and all the things, and a bit of my story and her story kind of infused together. But she is an outstanding human being, and she's here in Texas Actually, we're actually filming in uh, Plano right now, which is incredible. And we're just here together, just really sharing our stories and really digging deep on all of that and how we got to where we're at, right? A lot of us both look at the situation of being super successful and helping other people get there and wanting to help elevate them. Like Nicole is huge. She's an amazing educator and like she's absolutely incredible and built an outstanding brand that took her 13 years to get to just like hustle and love. And now she's thriving and helping other people get there as well. So I'm just honored and blessed to have her here today to share her story as well and just be along for the ride because it's one hell of a good one. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Like, I'll, I'll just never forget like, when I met you. I was like, dang, that's my girl. Like, <laughs> I just adore her. You know, like, you just yeah. meet somebody, you click, and you're the same, and you just get it. You don't even really have to say anything, and that's yeah. how it is with you. And I just— It really was. It was like oh. two seconds. And we're like, hi. <laughs> like, hey, where have you been? Like, yeah. what's going on, I'm looking girl? for you. <laughs> and um, so me and Pam, we are part of the same uh, mastermind, family mastermind. We were just talking about it. And I think one thing that is so refreshing is to see another, you know, boss babe, badass that's running a business on such a high level. And that's something that I I just am so grateful that I know you and that I've met you because you're so inspiring. Even just listening to you when we were there and then, of course, you know, seeing just how far you've come since. And it's only been like a year (laughs) since I've seen you. Well, it's so crazy because I say the exact same thing about you, right? Like I see you and I'm just like, I'm so inspired by her. She's such a badass. Like she's so amazing. Like look at all the things she's building, all the people she's helping and just like empires are being built, right? And you're doing that with love and authenticity. And to me, that speaks volumes, right? Because there's a lot of people in this game. We know a lot of shysters in this game too, (laughs) right? And then there's a lot of ego and all that stuff. And here you are coming out with pure love and authenticity. And I think that when you find someone that is exactly the same as you, that's how it just flows like that. Yeah. And I think that mindset is what's so rare, especially among women. You know, we have so many women, there's more women realtors than there are any other realtors. And yet they're not running a business on a high level. Like when we go to mastermind, Mm -hmm. there's like five women total. If that, (laughs) maybe. Was there like four? I know. It's like, wait, that includes us. So maybe three other ones. (laughs) That we saw. So that's probably another reason why we were really drawn to each other, too. Well, not only that, but it's like crazy. It's amazing to see young women really stepping up in the game, right? Because, yeah, there's a lot of women in real estate. But in my experience, they're usually like 20 years older than I am. And it's crazy, at least in the Northeast market, like in Boston. So it's like it's so refreshing to see this at like a young age and just like going out there and getting it. It's like, yes. I remember when I first got licensed, the average 
real estate agent was like 52 years old. And obviously, I think that maybe that hasn't changed. I don't know. But, I don't know. Can we get some stats up in here? Sarah? I know. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, what it was. And there are so many women. And it's funny because I remember seeing like big teams and they would be the ones that would run it. But it's like they didn't have the strength or whatever, the courage or any of whatever word you want to use to go out there and put themselves out there. They were more comfortable with being behind the scenes and then that man, which, you know, whatever, that's fine, being the brand. And then what happens is, you know, we're in rooms with the top one percenters and it's just so rare to come by. And so I think that's a perfect lead in to like you. Like, how did you get into this business into real estate in general? Yeah. So my journey is extremely interesting, right? Came to the U.S. when I was five years old. And so my parents came because they won the visa lottery. My grandmother put oh, their wow. names in the visa lottery. So they didn't even know. The day my little brother was born in Rome, my grandmother oh, walks into the Rome. hospital. Take me. <laughs> so I was born in Tehran, Albania. Because it was a communist collapse, my parents went to Rome. So in Rome, that's where they had my brother. So my little brother was born. My grandmother walks into the hospital and she's like, hey, congratulations on your baby boy. By the way, you won the visa lottery to go to the United States of America. And my dad's like, that was like his dream. He's oh, like, wow. oh, hell yeah. He's like, hell yeah, we're going. Yeah. And my mom's like, just birthed the child. Like, what? How old were you? You were five? I was five. Wow. Right. So, and my mom's like, she really didn't want to go because they didn't know any English. No family here. Didn't know where they were going to stay. And they barely had any money saved up. I think they had like 1500 They told me something like that. Like enough for plane tickets and then 1500 for like when they got there. With a newborn and a five-year-old. Right. So then my mom obviously had to stay with me and my brother because we were young. Right. right. Like it's not like we could be self-sufficient. And my dad started working like all kinds of weird jobs. Like I barely saw him when I was young. So he would be roofing. He'd be going to Kodak, like putting away photos. And then he eventually started in the restaurant business. So he worked back of house cooking because when you can't speak English, you do manual labor. Right. Yeah. So until you learn the language, then in the restaurant world, my dad met his mentor, the owner of the restaurant, and they became like best friends. And so over time, you know, he was telling him, he's like, Soko, like, let me just tell you the two ways that you build wealth in America. A is real estate. B is owning your own business. And my dad's like, well, I've only been here for a couple of years. There's no way I have the credit or the down yeah. payment to go out and buy real estate. Like he, that was like well beyond him, right? right? Like, but he's like, I do want to buy a business. And so his mentor helped him out to wow. give him a down payment to go out and buy a business. So he did that when I was 10 years old. And so he bought a little like Italian restaurant in Boston. So were you in Boston by this time? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I was 10 years old and I started working there. So by the time I was 18, I was running the show with my parents. By the time I was 21. I totally see that. <laughs> By the time I was 21, I opened up two of my own restaurants and like owned and operated them. And what happened was during that time, uh, and then I was still back end on all my parents' stuff because, you know, yeah. immigrant parents, when you are running it, yeah, yeah. they're like, they count on you for everything, right? Yeah. Not that it's a bad thing, right? But I was working like 13, 15 hour days between these three. And I'm like, this is like not So you were sustainable. bored. You had like nothing to do then. Uh, yeah. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. And Holy so cow. 13, 15 hour days. And then like, I'm like sitting in my restaurant. I'm like exhausted. I'm like, this is not sustainable. I'm like, I can do this yeah. now. Right. Because I'm in my early young. 20s. Yeah. But like, what about when I become a mom? Like, what about like, this is just not. And then like these real estate developers would start coming to like my restaurants and stuff. And I'm like, are these like drug dealers <laughs> like who are these people like yeah. because they would walk in strolling whenever they wanted to wicked nice clothes boss cars 
They yeah. were always talking about vacation and traveling and stuff. I'm like, do they even work? Like, what do yeah. they do? How, how can you afford this? Yeah. And then when I found out they weren't drug dealers, I was open to talking <laughs> to them. And I was kind of like, okay, so what do you guys do? Right? Like, yeah. what do you actually do? Like, really, what do you actually do? And they're like, real estate, real estate development. They were telling me about, like, how, like, making money work for you and how the average millionaire has seven different streams of income. And, like, I I went to college at that time, like, by that time. Like, I went undergrad, and I was a beast in all my academics. And yet, I still never understood the principles of investing right. or real estate or any of that. They don't teach you any of that. Like, no. Like, that, you might as well have paid them what you paid the college to change your perspective and teach you that. I mean, that's so valuable. That's crazy. It's insane. And so, for me, like, it, it was like, what? And then my uncle started doing flips North Shore. So this was around like 2013-ish where there was still like overflow from 2009 crash. Right. So there was still short sales, foreclosures, short sales, your arena, you know that, you know that area well, right? So my uncle was starting to do that. And I was like, you know, he's making like 60K per flip, 80K per flip, 30, 50. I'm like, damn, those are big numbers. Like, like, I'd love to do that. Right. As a different stream of income. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with that. I was like, but I need to learn because I don't know anything about construction. I don't know anything about real estate. I don't know anything about anything. But, right. you know, I'm going to hire a coach and figure it out. So that's what I did. But to back up the story kind of before that, even when I went to college, I still had a plan to work a nine to five when I graduated. Of course you did. Yeah. Straight up. I didn't go to college. Yeah. What, I, what's the point? I, seriously, I when I got into real estate, I was going to get my law degree because I'm like, you know what? I wanted to be a real estate attorney. Yeah. And I'll never forget my mentor had told me, and at the time, I didn't really consider him a mentor. But now looking back, he had taught me so much that I'm grateful. And he's like, don't ever go to college. He's like, if you go to college, they're going to train you to think differently. And the way you think is what makes you money and what's going to make you successful. And that stuck with me so much because I'm like, holy cow, my whole life I was taught, trained, and educated that in order to be something, in order to you know, be qualified and have people take you seriously or have like those accolades. Like you have to say, I went to college, I got this degree. I, you know, I did all this stuff to be impressive and to make money. And it was literally the exact opposite. It was like, nope. And I hated school. And now I'm learning more. (laughs) I find myself reading more than I ever have and training myself. And I'm like, oh my God, I do more school, right? Or (laughs) education than I ever have when I was in school. But it's just different. It's financial literacy. It's, you know, things like that. So anyways, I just want to add that. (laughs) Well, you turned into a school, which is super boss. I know. How hilarious is that? And I I hated reading growing up and I wrote two books. Make it make make sense. Make it make sense. And even when the first book I wrote, I'm like, I have no words to say. I don't know. Like, I just talk. And so they're like, great. Talk into your phone and record it. And then you can get into a transcript. I'm like, holy cow. So (laughs) Mind blown, right? (laughs) This is crazy. Well, it's so interesting how, like, society places these things on us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and so for me, that was my thing. My parents wanted me to go to college so that I could graduate. You didn't know any better. Get a nine to five and have financial security for the rest of my life. Because they didn't want me to go through what they went through. Working, like, those restaurant hours, 13-hour days and things like this. Yeah. And it was so interesting because I did it. So I was like, I'm going to get into sports and marketing. And like, I want to do events. And like, that's the thing I want to do. So I yeah. literally got an internship my spring semester of junior year in college at the place that I legit thought I was going to work at when I graduated. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to build a network. I'm going to build the people. So like when yeah. it comes time for a job, it's going to be there. Biggest sports arena in Boston. Can't give out any names. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there and like I'm hustling my butt off. It's like the major sports team in Boston. You know, we're a championship city. So huge deal. You know, I'm sitting in these meetings with like the biggest of the biggest. Yeah. 
but I'm also raising my hand because people are asking questions. And then I get yelled at after, oh, you're just an intern. You can't ask questions. Can't ask questions like that. I'm like, well, nobody else is responding. And clear, and everybody liked my ideas. So I was like neck and neck with my supervisor all the time. And I go. That's definitely a thing. Like any job I had, they just did not like me (laughs) because I thought differently and they didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, you have no common sense. And even as a student, I would get into it with my teachers because I'm like, what you're, you're doing this the hard way. Like, why would you do it this way? And they're taught or they try to teach like, no, no, get in line, right? Like get in line. This is the way we do it. You can't think any differently. Let's overcomplicate everything. Let's use absolutely no common sense. And that's why we have so many people that are absolutely irritating to work with <laughs> because they went through the education system and they complicate everything. <laughs> everything. And, and, and for anyone who's not aware of this, Common sense is not common. I just want to be clear. The common sense is not common. Okay. So like, it's just crazy for me to see because I understand you and everything you're saying. And I was the same way. I would be like, and I'm sitting there and so many red flags happened during this entire internship. I was just trying not to see it. Right. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. This is going to be my path. This is what I'm going to do. Literally, I go into my final review at the end and I'm busting my tail off. Like I created a whole social media strategy for them, a whole marketing strategy for them. Like I went nuts and above and beyond to make sure this organization was going to blow it out of the water for what's yeah. to come. I go in there, and I'll never forget, her, her name rhymed with my name. Her name was Tamala. Mine's Pamela. So it was funny. <laughs> so I sat in there, and I'm like, I'm like excited. I'm like, I'm going to get an A because it's an yeah. internship. It's I killed freak, it. It's a freaking internship. Yeah. And I've been there every single day. I've showed up like I knew. And I, she literally gives me a B minus. And she said four words that changed my life. You're just too ambitious. Wow. Like, yeah. at first I was, like, sta- like, like, she's trying to make you feel small because yeah. that's where she was at. And she's like, nope, too much potential. Like, stop it. Like, you're doing too much. Well, yeah, because I was like, yeah. I knew everybody in the office. Everyone knew my name. Like, all that stuff. You're blowing it out of the water. Yeah. And, and I was also, when it came to the top executive that was there, who was, like, just projectile vomit over all of the, not, like, literally, but, like, yeah. all her emotions and stuff. Like, she was a super reactive person. I know exactly what you meant by that. And, like, <laughs> just, like, for anyone who's listening, it's like, is she vomiting like no. the exorcist in the like, office? Like, on, no, 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 it's just that. <laughs> her, just from her emotions. <laughs> yeah, she, and she just would flip out on everyone. And I literally confronted her. I was like, I don't think what you're doing is actually the right thing to take all your emotions out on other people. And then they're like, here's this little girl, 16-year-old yeah. just like all over you, right? So like all these things were like built up. And what's crazy about that is now as a boss, as a leader, if I would I would be so excited as a leader to have someone like you as an intern in my organization to groom and to help me grow. And in return, you would be so grateful to me for the opportunity that you would probably be with me for the rest of your life. Like that's what I look for is somebody that's just kind of like a clean slate, but that's driven and willing to do what it takes because that's so rare. So that tells you right there on how a limited mindset that she had that instead of pouring into you and having, bringing you in on the organization, she was so threatened that she's like, absolutely not. You just, no, it is, it's absolutely crazy. crazy. And first I was, so like I'm a Scorpio by Zodiac. So like my whole like energy is like, I felt this internal rage and I was like, calm down. I'm calm down. I'm like sitting in the chair. I'm like, you're just too ambitious. Are you, you know, all that stuff started going in my head. You're 16. And that's like, I'm sure you were crushed. I was. And and literally, but it was so weird. So I like left her office. I was like, thank you so much for all like, you know, and I was like, hold it together, hold it together. And then like I leave and I go outside and like I pass the threshold of like the office building and something just told me like, you're not meant to do this. You're meant to build your own. And I was like, what? 
And I was, and then I just felt this like relief, like this calm. And then right after that, I called both my parents and I was like, mom, dad, letting you both know, I have no idea what I'm starting when I'm leaving college, but I'm just telling you it's going to be my own business. I have no idea what it is. And I'm just letting you know that now. My mom flipped out. She's sure. like, she's like, you're going into your senior year. What do you mean? You don't know what you're like. You're going to start. Sure. That's business. all they wanted was for you to graduate and yeah. And chill. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, hell no. So like it's transformed everything because most people think like I've just been an entrepreneur and that's what I was going to do forever. But like yeah. really it was this like The shit. journey of getting there is the hardest part because especially yeah. when you come from a background of college is the only yeah. way. I mean, I grew up in a small town. I say small town because it really was. It was Orlando, but it was a small part of Orlando. It was called Winter Garden. Yeah. And the people that I grew up with, the only thing that we were told was you have to go to college to be anything. Right. And like $50,000 a year, you have made it. Like $100,000, oh, forget about it. That's like people that are wealthy, you know? And so that's mm -hmm. what I was trained. Like, and if you don't, if you're a dropout, you're just going to be some loser that doesn't go anywhere with their life. And I am so grateful for entrepreneurship because it showed me that like once I saw the opportunity and I, when I got into real estate and I was working for someone else and seeing how they were blowing it because they, I was their assistant and they just were like kind of coasting and not really doing anything. And I'll, I'll never forget I'm, that moment where I'm like, I can do this. Like mm -hmm. I'm running your entire business. I can do this. And I realized like my actions, like my results are a direct correlation with my actions. So if I work just as hard as I am for myself. If I bet on myself, fuck everyone else. Fuck the guys that, you know, were like, who are you or whatever? Like, who cares that I was 21 years old? Like, I saw that. And I'm so grateful that I took that leap despite the doubt of like, who do I think I am, right? Because mm -hmm. we all have this complex of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Imposter who do I think syndrome. I am? Right, that yeah. imposter syndrome. And I don't care who you are. Everyone has it, right. especially in the beginning because mm -hmm. you're trying to be like motivating yourself because no one else is doing it. And you, you just, you know, that's the hardest part and what people don't understand in this journey of like, you have to bet on yourself. If you do, like, there's nothing that can stop you. And when you do and you run with it and, and like what you had said, like you went all in. I mean, look, look where you're at now because you bet on yourself. But if you would have listened to your parents, if you would have listened to that girl and listened to everybody around you, like you would still be stuck in that mindset. Mm -hmm. But that shift of like, oh, I really am in control of my income. Mm -hmm. I, and it's, it, you see like these possibilities where you're like, I can make so much money if I really wanted to. Right. I mean, it's incredible. Well, it's insane. Like you mentioned so many important things, right? Like just like that self-awareness. Because a lot of the time as an entrepreneur, not only are you your own cheerleader for a little while. The whole time. But you also <laughs> have to like mentally challenge everybody else who's kind of doubting you. Because yep. I can never forget in the very beginning mm -hmm. when I first started that I would have people that were family and friends that I thought were like supportive. And they're just like, oh, you really want to do that? You yeah. really want You really want And it's like these are people you think were with you from the jump. But then like. And they didn't mean just, well. I remember. I remember I my family. They were like. I see how passionate you are. And I remember the first couple of years, of course, it's just surviving, right? Yeah. Like, and for me, it might've taken longer because I didn't have a background of anything. I just, I was so young. I just was ambitious. That's it. I was driven yeah. and I just failed forward. And I learned all my lessons the hard way because I wasn't lucky enough to even find a mentor that 
understood or, or even know to look for one, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was always had this mentality of like, I have to take care of myself, right. The survivor mentality and no one else is going to help me. And then having to learn like, Oh, there are people out there that are willing to collaborate that are willing to help you. But I remember in the beginning, you know, my family, you know, bless their heart because they see it now, of course. But in the beginning, they're like, Nicole, like, you know, I, I know you're passionate about this, but are you sure? Like, right. You know, you're really struggling. And that, fueled me but that hurt because it was like guys I see it like just believe in me like I see the vision I saw it from day one like I knew what I what I was working towards like I would write it on my wall like in my office Mm -hmm. like it would literally be everywhere of what I was working towards and I just kept I'm a visual person so I kept it everywhere of like okay I'm gonna you know have 10 closings a month like I'm gonna hit those 10 closings a month I'm gonna have a hundred thousand in my account I'm gonna you know do all this stuff and that I remember like it was yesterday when they said it and it was one of those things where I'm like I realized I have to keep going like it, it that cannot affect me because they don't see it God did not give them that vision my vision they can't see what I see and now it's a different story now they're like running everything by me and <laughs> they're like oh what do right. you think you know and they take obviously you seriously but that for people listening understand that people in your life they're not going to see it like they're not going right. to and it's not their job it's not their job to encourage you it's not their job to, to support you like right. you got to push past it and mentally that's the hardest part right and then they're trying to protect you at the same time right yeah. but that's all they know right because right. they're programmed to a job yep right and so you have to then surround yourself with entrepreneurs and like-minded people so that yeah. you can also a to feel sane and b <laughs> feel supported and yeah. collaborate right so like in that way, that was kind of one of the things that helped me. But it was like, it was it was insane to just like drop everything and try to figure out what I was going to start. And then, you know, eventually getting into these two restaurants and then, you know, jumping into the real estate development side of things after I hired that coach. So I ended up purchasing my first property like two months after I started that program and literally like took on that project. It was a full gut renovation. Of course. It was insane. Can't just be cosmetic. No. <laughs> they first. say it is, but… <laughs> No, we tore apart everything. And I'll never forget. So this house is down the street from like where I graduated college. So I do that area very, 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 very well. And I just remember the family was like the the kids who were still there because their parents had to go to nursing homes. So the house pretty much fell apart because, you know, older parents and all of that stuff. And I just remember them telling me, they were like, Pam, please bring this property back to life. Like how we remember it when we were kids because it's now in shambles, right? right? Over time. And I was just like, whoa. When you talk about flipping houses and doing all these things, you think of it in such a numerical way. But then, like, there comes this massive responsibility with a place that can be emotional for sure. Very, very, like, huge responsibility in that, right? And then I'll never forget, after I renovated that property, seeing the whole property come to life and then seeing the family that ended up buying it, like, interacting with the space. They brought their kids and they were so excited and they came in and they're like, oh, my God. Like, I remember the little girl going, oh my God, mom, look at the ceilings. This is a huge ceiling, mama. Look, look, look. And just like these things. And I'm just in the back. I'm like, I created this. This is crazy. Like I did this. How freaking cool is this? And then I made almost 100K on that flip. (laughs) And then like, like, I'm like, I can't do anything else. Right. Like what tops this? The the money and the fulfillment for me was like, you can't even compare it. No. And so like slowly I started getting out of my restaurants and like selling and leasing them. And then diving deeper into real estate, like getting my real estate license and then learning the commercial world, the residential world, kind of on the side as I'm building properties and doing all these things in Boston. But like I focused on specific niches that I wanted to focus on because all the most successful developers are like, 
Pam, you need to choose your market, yep. choose your asset class, and know that like the back of your hand. So when you were jumping into, I mean, because develop, real estate development yeah. is, I think you're the only woman that I've ever met. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like real estate in general, we talk about is male dominated, yeah. but real estate development is yeah. you're dealing with contractors and all that. And so talk us through the mindset because <laughs> in the beginning, you didn't know everything. And so do you think that it made a difference because you had that coach that you could kind of fall back on? But like, talk us through the mindset of what it took to show up and call the shots on something that you were still trying to feel secure about, like yeah. still building confidence about. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my ways and they're hilarious. So <laughs> basically I had my coach who was like teaching me, you know, I had construction checklists and going through all these yeah. things. And I just remember, and my uncle was a general contractor as well. So I just remember like having to call them all the time on stuff. But like my biggest thing was like, okay, well, what do I know how to do well? Mine is like building relationships and taking yep. care of people, right? So like I would treat all my contractors the same way, right? So when I would jump on a project, I'm like, hey, I'm the owner. I'll be managing you guys and all that stuff. Because in the beginning, I had a different general contractor that was working on my projects. Then I stayed in, stepped in and became, became the GC the, my set, yeah. myself. It happens all the time. Well, it was like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay. And and so essentially I would always be walking through with the GC in the beginning mm -hmm. and saying like, okay, what are the steps? like? And then eventually when I learned the process, you know, I was able to kind of stay on top of people to figure it all out. Because in the beginning, I had to look like I knew what I was doing. Because yeah. otherwise people would be like, oh, like, who are you? And I'd just be sitting there reading the books and like going through all the things, meeting with other developers as well. Like, I'll never forget this. I walked into Cindy Stumpo's office when I was like, before I ever bought my first flip. So she was an HGTV star. She had t uh, the show Tough as Nails. Okay. She builds like 2 million plus properties in the markets close to me, which is like Brookline and Newton. So I remember seeing her and she was like badass on TV, like and on social media. She's just like beast, beast, beast. And she's the only woman I ever knew that was in real estate development. And she's like swinging hammers, like <laughs> monster. Yeah. And I remember stepping into her office for the very first time. And I was like, hey, Cindy, like I know you don't know me. And this probably looks psychotic, honestly, the fact that I'm actually here with you right now. But like I just seeing you do it, like starting since the 80s and like what you've built like really has inspired me to do it, right? So like, I think my success also came off of modeling and watching those before me, right? Who really took it to the next level. And I remember her, she just dropped everything as busy as she is, gave me a huge hug. And she's like, this is my cell phone number. Anything you ever need, you call me. Goosebumps. And there's not many people that are willing to do that. Right. And so she even like, I was on her show like last year and she's still like super close with me. But like, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid to contact those that you admire, right? Like you just never, like if people are always willing to help, authentic people are always willing to help. Yeah, 100%. Right? And so that was a huge thing for me. So I'm like, if Cindy did it, like I can do it, right? And I always knew that I had a support system behind me should I ever fail. But I will tell you, there'll be times that contractors will ask me the question. I'm sitting in the room. I'll never forget this one, especially. Pam, do you want a flush mount fixture here or a semi-flush semi light? What is that? And then I'm like, oh, hold on a second. I got to take a phone call. Literally step Google. outside and Google. <laughs> you model and you Google and you'll yeah. make it through anything in life, right? Like yeah, straight up. Yeah, go find the answers. My favorite is when I would start going to jobs and taking over and they'd be like, well, why don't we wait for your husband? Is your husband going to, gonna can, can you have favorite. him call? I'm like, my favorite. Um, I'm the one actually cutting the checks. So why don't you review it with me? And, and it's like this ego check constantly and now of course I have nothing to prove so I just laugh it off but in the beginning it was like 
Mm-hmm. Do not make me puff my chest here. Like, what the fuck? There, I have no <laughs> husband. Thank you. You know? Yeah, right. You're like, what? But it was, yeah. And then, you know, then the first time I ever spoke on stage, I was so nervous. Like, so much anxiety. Just like this imposter system mm-hmm. uh, syndrome. Like, who do I think I am? Why did I say yes to this? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and remember, like, you know, backstage, I'm sure you had that moment before. Always still. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you still, I still get butterflies. Now I'm just kind of like. I'm just going to be myself, you know. But um, I remember the first time and this guy backstage, he was like, um, so who are you with? Like, are you here with someone? Or like, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I was like, I'm actually going to go speak. He's like, by yourself on stage? I'm back here because I'm one of the speakers. And I will never forget what that did to me. I was like, I'm going to go fucking crush it mm-hmm. because it is so rare. To this guy, I mean, it was an innocent. It wasn't like a, right. you know, guy that was being an asshole like he was genuine because he had not seen another woman on that stage the entire lineup was all men Mm -hmm. and you know men love to be like oh you know whatever boss babe shit or whatever I'm like no you don't understand because once I got on there I had a line of women that were in the audience that were like yes oh my gosh you're so inspiring and I thought that I couldn't speak English I thought afterwards I'm like I don't even remember what I talked about I was so nervous Mm -hmm. but I had you know, a way bigger line than any of the other speakers. Yeah. <laughs> but it was mostly w- women and men that were like, thank you so much for showing up because I have not seen anyone that looks like me. Like I have not seen anyone that does yeah. what you do. And I have, you know, and like what you said, you were so inspired by her because you knew that it was possible because she already did it. And there's right. so many women that are even like listening to this right now that are scared to like put themselves out there. But what they don't understand is like they're inspiring someone else. And because you show up, you inspire someone else to show up. And that's how things change, right? right? That's how, you know, we interact with women differently. And that's how we're able to see that it's so much bigger than us. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we had said earlier, like off camera, I was like, at a certain point, it's not about money anymore. It's about impact. And I think that's something that is fuels both of us of like, hey, we want to make a bigger, a bigger impact. The money's great. You chase it. Once you have it, you're just like, okay, all right. No, like, cool. What's next? Yeah. Like, what's my purpose? Like, how can I constantly, you know, impact other realtors? You know, and I know with you, that's what you're doing with your network right now. And so talk about that. Yeah. So it was interesting. So like I was beasting it in the real estate development world and, and then getting into, you know, then having like my brokerage side of, you know hit seven-figure net, built a nine-figure real estate career, made it to Forbes and Time Magazine by 26. And then, like, was financially free. And I'm just like— You say like, it so quickly. Like, I'm like, guys, made to Forbes Magazine. I'm going to just slow that down real quick because she's just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. So anyways, I'm like, no, 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 girl. 26. Yeah, put it in slow motion when you edit it. That's incredible, girl. That's incredible. And, like, Time Magazine has a real estate trailblazer. And I'm, like, sitting there and I'm just like, whoa yeah because I also had this intrinsic motivation yes it was money but then also this thing that like an immigrant woman can do this at a young age so what's y'all's excuse like to everybody listening because you didn't have anything handed to you you came in and just did it you figured it out you googled it you found the right resources like there was Mm -hmm. nothing about your story that said you should be here Mm-hmm. The only thing about your story that said is that you were going to be educated. That's it. Right. But not that you were going to make this impact and, you know, be that person. So that's absolutely incredible. It's insane because I was like, this is literally like the underdog story. Right. And the and what motivated me is a lot of people ask me this. is like, What motivated you to like grind like that? And I was like, 
well, when you see your parents come here from nothing and build something and they literally like, they didn't even have the money to, but they would put me through private school. Like every dime they had extra, they invested in me and my brother. And I was like, how can I not go harder for them? And when I think about, oh, this is hard. I'm like, you know what's hard? Coming here with no family, not speaking English, barely having any money, figuring out. Can you imagine the mindset doing that? Like, I mean, yeah. Like how, like, like seeing my parents go through that. And then like my dad later telling me in life, because I never saw this young, because he always tried to like be happy and give us whatever we wanted. He's like, Pam, I would go in the bathroom, I would cry. I didn't know I was going to pay the rent. I didn't know I was going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I see you now. And I'm just like, whoa. You know, and I'm like, yeah. and now I'm not stopping. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm determined to help other people get there, right? Because I had that little tap on the shoulder. It was cool for 24 hours, right? For all this magical-ish to happen. And then I'm like, okay, now what's next? Mm-hmm. What's next is impact. And that's when I started my podcast. And then that took its own the route. underdog yes, podcast. the underdog podcast. And like that, you know, because what I was seeing was this, that people see people like, and I'm sure that you get this, right? They see you at your success levels right now and they forget everything Nicole did up until this point. But Nicole's super successful. Can't touch her, right? Right. Like, and they forget all the things that you've been through to get here. Yep. Right? They just see you. You're the success. You happened overnight. They see your highlight reels and you happened so overnight. So easy. So easy. It's like literally, I feel like I'm just now getting the hang of it. Right. And it's <laughs> 13 a, years later. Well, there's this huge disconnect where they see super hyper successful people yeah. and, they, and they're like, I can never get there. Right. So that's why I created that podcast is to showcase the authentic stories to highlight, like, no matter the success levels, here's all the moments that it took to get there. And right? I think something that maybe you didn't even realize and maybe you have, but something that you gave your parents was a change of perspective mm-hmm. and something like that's the best gift you could have ever given them is to do better than them and now show them a better way because mm-hmm. they were, you know, at their capacity of what they knew and they just knew hey, I did better than my parents. That's all, that's all we right. can do, even as a parent. Right. Like, I just have to do better than my parents, right? Like, I want to give my kids everything that I felt like I was missing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now, for me, and I'm sure you feel this way, like, the best gift I can give, like, what I when I see my sister, when I see my dad, and, and I see mm-hmm. my kids, like, their perspective change of what's possible, mm-hmm. like, it makes me the happiest person ever because now they think different. And I did that. I I did that. Like they now want to invest. They see that it goes beyond, you know, their income from an employer. Like they see the opportunity. They see that what wealth looks like and things that I had to learn from Scratch. other entrepreneurs because I was the most financial illiterate person on this yeah. planet. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, just talk to me like I'm dumb. But I was a sponge and I yep. learned and I was I was willing to be to humble myself and just learn. Right. And like, if you're willing to tell me and give me your time, like I'm willing to learn. And I think a lot of people, they're too prideful to become the student. Like they, they feel like, no, 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 you can't, no, you can learn something from anyone. Like it does experienced or not experienced. And to see my daughter, like she's eight years old and she just thinks that anything is possible. She'll sit here and be like, well, we'll make it happen. And the fact that she talks that way now, I'm like, God, you're going to be so much further along than I was. Right. And that's, that's just, it just makes my heart like, I'm like, okay, I did something right. You know, <laughs> like I worked this hard and to be able to make that impact is what you're saying. Like that to me is the best gift that we can give our family and our friends to see now that they're changed our impact on them because of what we did. We did the hard work right. and now it's impacted them as a result. 
but like what a gift is that right like I think you probably got so much more fulfillment out of that than anything else you've ever done in your life because like it was hundred thousand percent hundred thousand percent more than any money I ever made to see how yeah. they think now and to see just it's almost like proving it to them too you know like mm-hmm. like I, I remember the first time I, I was talking to my dad about um, an investment and I know that for him he knows I'm like super ambitious and he's you know known me in my whole life obviously <laughs> and so he's just like oh, okay Nicole and I think he's just he's so supportive so he's just like oh that's cute like that's how it feels <laughs> you know like oh Nicole go Nicole you know I don't know idea what you're saying I don't even know if it's real but yeah go and I remember the first uh, deal I brought him in and he's always supported me like blindly, even when he didn't understand, but he knew that like I would do great, great, like from day one. And I remember the first deal I brought him in and I was like, dad, you know, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to give you 20%. I'll do everything. I, you know, I just want to thank you for supporting me. You can be in on this. And I remember wiring him the money and he was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, cause then it was real. <laughs> it was like, what? I didn't do anything to give me $25,000. Like, what the hell? Like, I remember everything shifted and it felt so good to be able to feel like, see, I I did it, you know? And like to have that full circle moment Mm -hmm. where it was beyond like, oh, that's cute. Go Nicole to, hey, so, you know, taking you seriously type of thing. You know, it's like full circle. I think everybody has that kind of moment where you're just like, okay, I did it. I did good. And you sit there and you're just like, whoa. Because yeah, not only are you impacting yourself, you're impacting everyone around you, yep. future generations and so on and so forth, right? Like social media now, now we can reach thousands, millions of people. I know. absolutely incredible, right? Like what a freaking gift. It is. Like the cost of entry is so cheap. You just use your phone. But most people blow the opportunity because they're not consistent and they don't, you know, utilize that to be able to reach people. But I mean, I remember back in the day, you had to get a billboard and, you know, do all mm-hmm. that. I mean, we have just been so blessed to just come up because we're similar age. How old are you? Yeah, 30. Okay, 33. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm older than you. Um, <laughs> but, like, we grew up with technology in yeah. our generation that w- I went from, like, I remember the little um, Nokia, like, car phones. And then yeah. then it was just, like, overnight from pagers to car phones to, to cell phones, but limited cell phones to some – the rich people had it. And then yeah. everybody had it. And there was only nights and weekends. And it just kind of evolved to, like, the <laughs> iPhone one. And then now we're, like, 14. And – but it was just our generation saw it so quickly because it yes. evolved so quickly. In other generations, it took decades. And for us, like we've been so lucky to be able to reach people. Like I have people fly in from all over the country that I'm like, I can't believe that you could impact people just by doing that. I mean, by putting yourself out there. It's yeah. so amazing. And it's like, what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. In, in, in good ways and in bad ways. But like yeah. this now is fueling entrepreneurship like it's nobody's business, right? right? Because you now no longer have an excuse. You don't need a brick and mortar. You literally only need your phone. You can do your email from your phone. Yep. You, know, you can set up an email, Elias. That's super easy to do. Create your own website, logo, social media pages. You're good. Yeah, that's it. You're it's a whole business right there. You're ready to rock and roll. And like, that's the beautiful gift of that. And it's like, it's just the coolest thing ever to like look back, right? Because I think a lot of times, like you and I are super, super driven people, right? So like a lot of time we we have a hard time celebrating that success, right? Because we're, we're like we're like we're like ten years ahead, yep. and then so like we're like looking back, oh man, but like where were we ten that. years ago? Yeah, and like to celebrate that, I think also is like a super great thing. Like I always say, celebrate the small wins yeah. because it's so easy when you have all of these goals to just like you said, focus on that and then yeah. not be able to really enjoy it because the journey is life what we're doing right now 
that's it. You know, getting to the next goal is great, but you have to enjoy the process because the process is what makes you who you are. Like all of those things that you went through, you developed so many skills because of it, so many lessons because of it. It made Pam who she is, you know? 100%. And like just recently, my parents sold their restaurant that they had for 23 years, mm-hmm. right? Like that was the coolest thing I've ever seen, like ever. Like yeah. that topped anything else I've ever done. But that's not to say that this journey comes without struggle, right? The whole thing was struggle. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, I mean, I remember my first couple of deals, I lost so much money. That wasn't even mine, right? So, yeah. like, my only—the only reason I got out of those holes is because of mentors, because of supporters. Like, they're like—and, you know, and I would call them up, and I'm like, I royally fucked this deal up. And I'm like, I don't know what to do because I stepped outside my market. You told me not to, and I know you did, but I bought this deal anyway. Yeah. You know, and you start to go on and on. And they're like, just chill. Just breathe. I did that too. And you're just like, suddenly you don't feel so alone, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that network and that support group is like everything. But like anyone who's listening right now who's like going through some ish in their business because what happens is, you were talking about this earlier, the pridefulness and the ego of the entrepreneur, yeah. that can also kill you if yep. you don't let that down in the right times, right? Because if you don't know how to ask for help, yep. you will drown, period. It doesn't have to be lonely. Right. I wish that I would have known that sooner. Because I spent so much of my entrepreneurship journey alone and just feeling it because I didn't know any better. And so I, I think that's why I always talk about collaboration. I always talk about this. And, you know, we say it so much, but like people don't understand until they do, until they get into rooms where they're like, I'm not alone. And not only am I alone, but like, man, my goals are low. Man, they're small. Because mm-hmm. I'm talking to someone else who's been in Forbes and has done this incredible mm-hmm. things and like, oh, I need to up my game. Yeah, <laughs> Thought I was doing good until, you know, that kind of perspective. So. Right. Well, you're always like helping each other level up too, which I think is super yeah. cool. And that's like the space that I got to, you know, doing my podcast. I was like, this is super cool. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. That actually moved me to wanting to help more people and like doing more public speaking and doing these things because I just enjoyed it. Like I loved hearing what, like, what people got out of certain things. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, this is a totally different realm. And I kept hearing a little tap on my shoulders like, Pam, you're doing great things for yourself. What are you doing for the world? And I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? You know, when you right. really ask yourself those questions is when you're motivated by money for such a long period of time and you have different motivations then you're like, okay, well, what am I really doing here? And so that's when I decided to shift. And it wasn't until the beginning of this year, really, that I made that decision, right? Closed out all my development projects, stabilized my entire portfolio, you know, going from everything I know to everything I don't know, right? But like learning that as I go and just being surrounded by amazing people, it's 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 an incredible journey. But that's my biggest goal right now. Elevate yeah, the real I think, estate. I think I've talked about this before, but I think that a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that your why is constantly changing. So in the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's survival. Right. It's my why is I need money mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to make money and I need to pay my bills. And then it's, hey, I want to be comfortable. Yep. And then after you get to that point, then like you said, like, what's my purpose? Because now I have this almost like complex of what am I here for? Because I already made the money. And it's empty. So you have to survive. You have to make money. I mean, this is not a, you know, you have to do that. Uh, There's no point if you don't. But then it's what about what's the impact? And like, how can I, you know, impact other people and really give back the same way that like the people that you were talking about that made such a huge impact on you and your business and gave you the shot, like allowed you, you know, to to teach you all of that and and bet on you so that you could do it. Because they could absolutely have been like, no, I'm not going to waste my time, you know. Right. 
the cheerleaders in your life. I think yeah. that they make all the difference. And that's why I strive to be that for people now. Because I'm like, I know how freaking tough it is. Yeah. Like, holy crap, do I know. Like, I, and that's why I'm like the number one fan. That's it. People are like, Pam, you are so dramatic. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, I'm your cheerleader. I got you. Da, 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 da. But yeah. like, as you remember. Genuinely. And I know what it's like, you know. So it's yeah. like, if I can help in any way, like, I wish I could be, like, I want to be that person that I wish I had when I started. Period. Yep. That's what I want to be. And that's what I strive for now. I, I do the same thing. And I think that's yeah. what drives me is like when I see people that were in the same situation that I was and no one took a chance on me, no one bet on me, yeah. I go out of my way because I'm like, I remember. Like, I know exactly what it feels to feel like that. Like, yeah. I can help you. It's not hard, I promise. Like, let me fast track you so you don't have to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. And it's, inc- it's such a gift it to is. have that. I just completely enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it too. Thank you, Nicole. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Like some underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.